Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3. Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Not live, not live today. Um, but, but close enough, within a couple of hours, we're, we're all good. Um, as always, by the way, look at this shirt. You see this shirt? It's old school, old school logo. You know where I got that? I got it gun and gold. And they have the one over there by campus, Pensacola Street location. When you do that, you, you go in the vault, Tom, I think it's called. It's That's called right. The vault. And you find all the kick-ass stuff from yesteryear, or at least the logos from yesteryear. They're new stuff. And you go to town. And, and when you do so, as a member of Warchant.com, you get huge benefits. It's greatly reduced pricing. How about that for an intro to a show? Yeah, that's right. You're saving money, and you're getting Florida State gear. The season is nearly upon us. You got to gear up. Can't be out here half-stepping. Go over to Garnet Gold. Get you some new shirts, some old logo. Whatever it is you want. What is it, 25% off on certain days and 10% off if you're a War Chant subscriber? Is that what it is? Yeah, it's 10% all the time, forever, if you subscribe to WarChant.com. But then every month, we have a War Chant day where there'll be specific parts of Garnet and Gold's inventory. So, for example, last month it was the vault. This month, who knows? It could be a Coder's Polo. It could be something different. But always big savings. And that's where the membership itself is just 10 bucks a month, folks. It's nothing. So you go to Garnet and Gold twice. Maybe you do your Christmas shopping at the Garnet and Gold with the War Champ membership. You're coming out ahead, and you get inside information for the best season that we've seen in a long time. I'm already going to call it that. This is uh, very impressive where, where the Knoll is up there in Charlotte. I think they're ready to go. It's good to be back in Tallahassee. We've been uh, some traveling Jessies, and um, the, the, today's show is in Tallahassee. It's from my living room. Well, it's actually not a living room. It's living room's over there, but uh, <laughs> it's adjacent to. And uh, and the good thing is, it's good to be back uh, in Tallahassee because start next week, Tom, we're going to be at uh, at practices and luncheons and the like. The, the launching of the season is, is underway, and it's hard to believe, but that's why you go out there to Charlotte. That's why you do all the things you do beforehand. You get geared up. You get the interviews. You talk to the players and coaches. You get a feel for the league. Speaking of the league, I was laughing yesterday well-timed piece, David Hale. Uh, I quote, as Colorado becomes the latest domino to fall college football realignment, ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips said the league continues to actively consider adding teams. but has not found enough value in any expansion option. Phillips uh, told ESPN on Thursday that he's closely monitoring the Pac-12 and uh, their issues in landing a TV deal, routinely examining how realignment can shift the ACC's position the Power Five financial hierarchy. In fact, the quote reads like this. The ACC has been and remains highly engaged in looking at anything that makes us better and stronger. We've spent considerable time on expansion to see if there is anything that fits. 
We have a tremendous group of institutions, but if there was something that made us better, we would absent, absolutely be open to it. I'll tell you to make you better. Uh, if you could go grab Ohio State, maybe go <laughs> grab Michigan and Texas. Oh, they're taken. All right, maybe go grab, I don't know, an SEC school. See if you can grab Alabama. Jim, that'll make you better. Let's let's be open to all possibilities of expansion. What? They're not open to your requests, your flirtations? They don't want to come to the ACC? Well, why is that? Why don't they want to come to the ACC? Why are the remaining schools flocking to the Big 12? We are um, sitting on our hands, and, uh, and, and it is a conference that is dead in the water. Yeah, and that's something that, I mean, look, uh, I enjoy the demise of the ACC. I enjoy Florida State's eventual exit from the ACC. Mm. These are things that I take pride in because, as you know, perhaps annoyingly so, as, as far back as 10 years ago, I have been decrying how this is just not a great setup for us. And we were not in a position to do much about it in those days. We are in a better position to do more about it now. There are still legal hurdles to climb, but it's this calendar year, 2023, we've had lots of discussions over the last four or five months about Florida State being in an untenable spot. And what's the difference? If the worst case scenario is that you're going to lose a lot of money, which it is, would you rather lose a lot of money while you're paying off the ACC and the SEC, or you just want to stand pat and let this thing bleed dry till 2036? You know, and, and that's the choice that Florida State is facing right now, but the options may get better as time goes along. And certainly the buyout, the settlement figure with the ACC, gets cheaper by the minute. Every minute that goes by, it gets $10,000 cheaper. I haven't done the math on it, but it roughly it gets cheaper by five and six figures by the day or the week for FSU to pay off the ACC to be done with this conference. And we're going to be out of here sooner than later because we aren't waiting to, until 2036 to become a free agent again. We would be in Division Two at that point if that were the case. Yeah, basically, and, and I was obviously being facetious and, and having fun at Jim Phillips' expense. Uh, it, realistically, if somebody's listening to this, say, wait a minute, Jeff, you're just being silly. Of course I am. Uh, the options for the ACC are, you know, target would be like West Virginia, or or they could go out West and try to get some Pac-12 teams that are getting plucked right now by the Big Ten and the Big 12 and see if you could get an Oregon or a Washington. Some folks have floated that the ACC would be wise to grab an SMU. I don't, I don't know what that does for you. It doesn't sound like any of this is going to help bridge the gap, and that's the biggest thing. Like, you could grab those teams. Let's just say, for argument's sake, you grabbed Arizona State and Washington. Is that going to do much for you in bridging the massive gap between what the SEC and the Big Ten are making and what you're making? I, I don't think so. I, I don't think it would be an appreciable gain there. They're almost uh, correct in stating that they're, they're, they're going to sit pat and continue to analyze. Uh, the, the problem is they don't really have options. They don't really have another avenue to change their fortunes. What about Notre Dame? <laughs> I think that was dead and buried. Maybe Ooh. that was the story. The two stories to come out of the ACC kickoff from my vantage point was that the commissioner had nothing new to offer. Again, probably no fault of his own, although I don't like projecting weakness the way that he consistently does. Doubles down on the weakness, if you will. Um, seems to point it out and highlight it as often as he possibly can, that there are no options and that we're screwed, but we should embrace them and celebrate them as if that's a good thing. Uh, and then secondly, uh, the other story was, without question, uh, in my mind, Jordan Travis uh, being a superstar at the uh, ACC yeah. kickoff. I, I think people... Uh, from all over this conference, uh, 
loved what they heard from Jordan Travis. He was, he was uh, calm, collected. He was confident. He was not arrogant, but he certainly was not uh, waffling about his role as a superstar on this team. Uh, he didn't deflect in any way. He was kind. He was really insightful. I hope you guys enjoyed the Jordan Travis interview. I think we're going to play it again today in the second hour of the show as I have a doctor's appointment. But listen, I, I think th this that was the secondary story. But Notre Dame not coming uh, to this conference seems to be wrapped up. Uh, the, the commissioner all but told you, yeah, they ain't coming. No, it's the faraway look in somebody's eyes when they're at the bar at 3.30 on a Wednesday and they say, then she left me and then they take a pull of whatever they think they have in their hand. That's the energy that is. No, they were very blunt. In fact, um, they value their independence. And uh, that's why that's why, though. Hey, hey, yep. hey, hang in there. Yeah. The CW, everybody. Do we right. have uh, the, the CEO of the CW? Here? Right, is he here? No, uh, not here. Raise your hand. Come on. Hand up. Not, not here. Didn't make it. Oh. Oh. I probably should have known that he was not here prior to referencing <laughs> that he stand and be recognized because now, once again, I'm projecting weakness and uh, <laughs> that would never happen at the SEC kickoff. They would not celebrate their media partner without the knowledge that they were there in attendance. So, yeah, that's a toughie. Yeah. How did he get Nigel Powers at his own thing? To, hey, yeah. stand up, Dad, take a bow. Yeah. And the seat's empty, and everybody yeah. laughs at him. Like, how'd you get Nigel Powers? Come on, man. It's uh, it's it's par for the course. <laughs> Honestly, it is. But it, it listen, I, I would rather focus on a couple of things here. One that happened yesterday. You know, if you want a glimpse of how desperate the fan base is to get out of the ACC, all you need is yesterday. Um, and, and you had ample evidence prior to that, but you, you were reminded of it yesterday because our friend Chris Nee, who works on the beat here for another network, but a, a, a good friend of ours and a good guy, um, he, he, he wrote an article in which he said uh, that, you know, now he's open to the idea. He does believe that Florida State is actively pursuing an exit from the ACC. Now, even Chris would tell you that's really not news. He, he no. brought it up because he hadn't entertained the idea seriously until recently. Perhaps new information came to light for him. The point is, I think most people, and there's evidence of it, believed that FSU was trying to get out of the ACC, and they were there was a clarion call on YouTube, for Christ's sake. So uh, they, they had already made the announcement, in essence, that they were actively trying to get out. Yeah, I, I, and again, when the Board of Trustees uh, hearing happens and they choose to go back and forth in a scripted fashion, uh, Michael Alford and Peter Collins, uh, and they also scoff at the idea of the exit fee being so small, I mean, these things all stand to reason. And we all we all felt that pinch last year. We all felt that pinch a couple of years ago. And Michael Alford, if nothing else, is a mover and shaker. We've seen that with some of the decisions he's made with the coaching staff here at Florida State under his purview as athletic director. Um, yeah, I mean, me and us go way back. I, he's actually one of the first guys that uh, said hello to me and treated me with respect. It was Ira, then me, because I was at AJ's on a Friday. And he's like, hey, man, tell me your story. And that's that's cool. Um uh, Today, I would tell him, too, welcome to the club, man. We've been here for a long time. <laughs> I'm glad you're finally on board with us, thinking well, that this is listen, something that Florida State is trying to do. Like, uh, yeah, that's well, right. We've been trying to do this for a long time. The question is the legalities, the maneuverings, and how much – or actually, let me phrase it better. How little do we have to pay to make this thing happen? That's been the goal. That's been the rub. I would, I would say that – I, I don't want to hyper-focus on that article. I want to focus on the larger point. I, to me, the, the, you bring that up because now you think 
in earnest that there's a, a path or you've been told that there's something that is tangible. Like, I don't think he wanted to bring anything up until he heard from somebody that they are taking steps as opposed to just in theory, we'd like to get out. You, you know, we, I mean, I, we know it, that they are like, yeah, well, yeah. but we didn't know that they had an Avenue and a plan. This to me sounds like he thinks there's a plan in place. Yeah. Back to the, but no, no, but it's not that Tom, because I don't think they had a plan. I think they wanted out and they went, they wanted the world to know. I don't think they had a plan. You don't think like uh, scripting no. something to go down at a board meeting is not a, an indicator of a greater plan at play. No, I think it's a greater desire. I don't think it's a plan. And that's where I believe is the difference was I was thinking, okay, good. You've made it known. What that does, in my opinion, is open the door to offers. They wanted everybody to know publicly, like potential suitors, as in the SEC and the Big Ten. Hey, if you can help out here, we'd like to know, is there a landing spot for us? That's what I think. I don't think they had a plan. That's it. Okay. Well, we agree to disagree on that one. I I think you don't you don't make that obvious to the world without having conversations before and not just with your own circle of friends. Like, I don't, I don't think you take that step as the catalyst to getting a burner phone or having, uh, having a right. clandestine no, I, meeting. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I believe that they had had cursory discussions regarding potential, you know, all of this, by the way, gets you sued. So they cannot admit to any of this. Correct. So the, the bottom line is it's all cloak and, you know, it's it, we know now where they are. This this is back alley burner phones. This is like they you can't be on the record. Nobody involved in any of this, whether it's the Big Ten or the SEC yeah. or Michael Albert, the, can be caught up in something tangible that can be traced. Like so, because none none of them want to get sued. Well, and cr- let's correct. say the SEC really wants Florida State, and there's no evidence that they do or don't. We don't know, but they can't. That can't be traced back because you're going to get sued, and nobody wants that. No, a hundred percent. Like, look to me. They decided long before that meeting that they're going to leave. It's just a matter of how little money are they on the hook for. Uh, and and to me, again, that's that was why the Texas-Oklahoma thing was so huge. It, set, it sets a ceiling on the price. So that price might have been out of reach at the moment that Texas and Oklahoma, and Oklahoma get out of the Big 12 and agree to go to the SEC a little bit earlier. might have been too expensive. But it sets a floor when you go term remaining on the ACC deal, $50 million a year. Okay. Is that too much for us right now? Absolutely. Would the ACC take less if we gave them a lump sum settlement because they know we're not going to renew the deal? Maybe. Okay. Now we're starting to get those goalposts to, depending upon how you look at it, either shrink or widen for us to be able to kick the ball through it and finish the job. And at that point, now you're moving in the right direction. And the question is, who can you lobby to make your life a little bit easier? And, And it could be member institutions of the ACC in order to get enough votes to dissolve the damn thing, which is where the Magnificent Seven thing came from. Or it could be the networks themselves. And there is no doubt, there is no doubt that independent of who believes finally that the Florida State is actually committed to leaving, that when Colorado leaves the Pac-12, that's one small domino. If you can get more Pac-12 teams to defect in Arizona or Arizona State, certainly Oregon or Washington, that indicates that the Big Ten is ready to make another giant shift. We think. And the the more the Big Ten, well, I mean, if the Pac-12 is going to dissolve, you need more than Colorado to leave. Like Colorado is one small part. They think they can replace Colorado. But if you get Arizona or Arizona State to leave behind them, that tells me that it's only a matter of time before Oregon and Washington decide to either try to for the Big Ten or go to the Big 12. And the more stuff that happens around the SEC, the more urgent the SEC will feel 
more urgency they will feel to come poach a program like us. This is what we're hoping. This is what we think is likely, but I don't know that. And, and, and so what I would tell you is that some people are of the mindset that the Big Ten, once they got L.A., once they grabbed Los Angeles, uh, felt very comfortable standing pat. They feel good. They don't want to continue to split the money. They, they've got everything they need for a massive television contract. Their member institutions are all set. They feel like they're number one in this battle, uh, and they don't have to worry about Now, because we're not naive and power continues to pursue more power, we tend to think that they're not done. Yeah. And we need them not to be done. But if they are standing pat, the SEC could say, we're bringing in Texas and Oklahoma. What, what does Florida State bring us? We already have the market. We already have a brand that's massive there. What, what do we need them for? Well, we think that the only reason they would choose to act is if they think the Big Ten is going to grab us and Clemson or something like that. But there are Big Ten people who will tell you, no, we don't think the Big Ten would ask Florida State and Clemson to come. They cite the AAU stuff and all the other, you know, the academic stuff and all that. I, I agree. I agree, Tom. But I'm telling you, there are people who say that the Big Ten may not be willing to continue to expand. Yeah. Now, the hope is that that is false. Um, it does, it's certainly not going to expand this year. So we, we, we're about to embark on a season where nothing's going to happen. And we think August 15th is a key date. Yeah. And that is another part of this conversation. Does Florida State tell the ACC of their intention to leave. Well, they would have to do it by August 15th. And if they do do it, that's the indicator that they have a landing spot. If they don't have a for sure landing spot, they're not going to do that. Yeah, I guess my whole point would be, if you're Florida State, the worst case scenario is in a year or two, because nobody can move uh, to Florida State, Clemson, and, and make it all happen and get them out of the ACC. That's when you go to the settlement plan. Is it what you want? No, but you're going to get tied up in litigation for the GOR. You've got a price point of what the outer limit is, and you're probably at that point at 2025 or 2026 can afford it against future earnings, just like Texas and Oklahoma could. Is it a lot of money? Yeah, but if you think about it from the earnings that you would gain in a new landing spot as a free agent, because we can agree here that a Florida State is a free agent that the Big Ten and the SEC are most certainly both calling Florida State and making an offer. Would, would you agree with that? If there's no grant of rights, it would stand to reason that Florida State is a valuable enough entity. That I, think, I think they are. I, I Listen, if the SEC and the Big Ten are planning on further expansion, 100% Florida State is a valuable asset. If they're not planning to expand any further, we have a problem. That's what I'm getting at. We have a problem. Where are you going if you tell the ACC I'm out? Uh, well, if you're a free agent, they'd be foolish not to add you. Like, I, I just, I, I, the brand is too powerful for you to just say no to the opportunity. Even if you don't plan on expanding, if Florida State was a free agent, if Jim Phillips is indicted tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> and the member institutions all vote and say, you know what, F this, Louisville and, and Pitt and Virginia Tech are like, let's just go to the Big 12. And there are these other schools that are saying, yeah, we'll find a home. And there are no litigation issues for Florida State. Yeah, man, even if their plan isn't to expand, who would say no to that? Who I, I think it would no be wise. You're right. And, and I do think there are some logistical problems with the Big Ten, let's say, having a conference that features teams from one coast to the other. I, I, I still wonder how you're going to do that. 
I mean, yeah. Florida State's not flying to Los Angeles and then back over to here and then turning around and facing Penn State and then turning around and facing UCLA and then turn. It's a weird setup there, I, I think. But um, yeah, they'd have to work it out. I, I don't know what they would do. It'd be regional, whatever they would probably do. I mean, if they're going to do it, Tom, they're going to have to continue to expand like multiple teams in the South, so you can have not maybe a division. Yeah, but- I I think. Well, this is. <laughs> Do you believe that they're competing with each other, the SEC and the Big Ten? I think they are. I think I think the arms race continues. Do you want to solidify? Because you're not just competing on the football field. You're competing with advertisers. Like, you know, uh, you, you want to make sure yeah. you're on your front facing. You know, that's a big part of the Big Ten's deal was to get a primetime game on NBC. That was the next wave of this deal. Is So you always want to be front and center because it's more lucrative for potential advertisers. So what would give the Big Ten a leg up on the SEC? Well, getting into the damn footprint. And for the SEC, it's not like you're bringing in, I don't know, Wake Forest. You know, Florida State's going to generate a freaking ton of traffic for you. They, they they are. they Again, back when we used to have the market, but I, I understand what you're saying. I mean, that, that that's – I think they, if you're the SEC, man, I – I would bring in North Carolina. I would yep. bring in Virginia. I'd yep. bring in Clemson and Florida State. Yep. Yep. Uh, I, yeah, I think you got a little something there. Uh, but, man, that's – I just don't know at this point. I mean, are they willing to go and in, in, increase the conference size by four? Is it going to be six? They're bringing in two well, more now? It's look, I, yeah, yes, because you see certain speculation out there that says that, you know, 16 is the, is the sweet spot to, to yeah. cap this whole thing at. I say rubbish to that because we all know where this is going in the near future, which is you're going to reclassify this level of college football. You're going to do it. It it could be 32 teams. It could be 40 teams. It could be 48 or 64, whatever the number is. You got to find the people that are going to compete. But when you come to that table for whatever reorganization is coming, and that could be longer down, that could be five years, 20 years down the road. Yeah, yeah. The more assets you have in terms of giant brands, when you come to the table for that reorganization, the better deal you're going to get as an executive in the Big Ten. You know what I mean? Like, there's just these unless, are bargaining chips. Yeah, I agree. But unless you think this is all going to burst, you know, and that, but you're saying relative to the pie, it, yeah. it doesn't matter if it bursts. Yeah. Maybe the sums aren't well, astronomical that everybody gets moving forward, but it, they're still going to be more than some other entity, no matter how lessened that pie. Yeah, this is the hard part that you're arguing because, and and I'm not saying you, it's just this is the hard part of the argument, which is, yeah, ESPN's about to lose a ton of money as cord cutting continues. Mm -hmm. The director consumer uh, prices are going to have to be super high in order for them to offset. Like, we all know that that's coming. But if you're looking at the biggest sports in the United States of America, it's the NFL and college football. Time not long ago was that it was, the NFL, MLB, NBA, and then like hockey and college football, or maybe hockey was, or maybe uh, the third professional sport was with college football. But it is like NFL, Grand Canyon, college football, two Grand Canyons, and then professional sports. So that's the argument here: is this is the second most valuable entity on live television in the country? How can there be a bubble bursting for that? Yes. Yeah. It's just side. a changing of how much everybody gets, we think. It's Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chance TV. We're going to continue this discussion. It's fascinating. There are other facets of this that I want to touch on in a moment.
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply zaxby's we're talking about zaxby's baby proud golden chief booster for over 18 years more importantly to your dining concerns, the food is delicious and readily available all throughout Tallahassee. 37 locations in the capital city in the state yeah. of Florida. Zaxby's is everywhere. It's almost like they position themselves on a map with uh, with an idea towards Saturdays for football. So if you're coming into town, for example, and you want to support Zaxby's, but you know you follow Warchant TV or the show from Orlando or Tampa or Atlanta, if you think about it, Jeff, Every exit that people come off of an I-10 when they arrive in town, there's a Zaxby's right there. As soon as you get off the exit, it's right there. So when you're tailgating on a Saturday, just stop into the Zaxby's. Go get you a platter, a bunch of sauces. Do you like the fries or the Texas toast? Why not both? Go get it all. I'm a fries guy. I'm a fries guy. I don't mess with the Texas toast. Nothing wrong with it, but I don't want that filling up my belly with bread when I can have all these delicious fries chicken. That's just me. That's fair. They also have fried pickles too, if you want to throw Delicious. a little curveball. And that's that's a side. That's not just you know this thing that you got to get a you can get a side of fried pickles. Mm, so it's mm, the way to mm. be. Can't beat Zaxby's once again. They support Florida State athletics as a Golden Chief and have done so for over eighteen years. Go get you some Zaxby's friends, uh, friends. The delicious deliciousness. The Cameron Show is a production of the WarChant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. I watch the rain, it settled in, disappeared for days again. Most of us were staying in, lazy like the sky. Letters flew across the wire, filtered through a million lies, the whole world. clarify something here just because i think we're, we're kind of on the same page and maybe not on the same page all i'm saying is look at the the fan base's desperation to get out of this league is palpable and you know that when a redundant piece of information like yesterday's uh, observation from chris uh, i mean in some capacity everybody covering the acc or florida state has already said florida state wants out of the acc that is obviously true we may argue about the details and the nuance of when it's going to happen, how it's going to happen, how much they want to spend, when is it they're going to announce, and who wants them, and all that other stuff. Everybody already knew Florida State wanted out of the ACC. And that, no offense to Chris, but everybody already knew that. So my point was that the second it gets brought up again, I get. let me, let me tell you something right now. If, if next week, or how about two weeks from now, I just decided to lead the show with, I can confirm that Michael Alford and Florida State's upper brass are – behind the scenes every day uh, attempting to walk from this conference. It, it would be headlines. It would be headlines. And for what? We already know it. 
but people are starved with this idea that maybe there was something different, something more tangible, something uh, appreciably better than what they already knew, which is just that Florida State wants out. So, like, that's my. We all know this. It's going to generate huge numbers, whether it's Andy Staples, Jeff Cameron, Chris Nee, name anybody you want to name. This well, is it, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, look, let's uh, peek behind the curtain with the conversations you and I had yesterday. We were thinking of doing an extra video on realignment dominoes uh, for Florida State. And part of it was Colorado's departure. Uh, yes, we were waiting for but a then, second in an Oregon situation. Right. The Board of Trustees meeting for Oregon. We actually watched that. We tuned into it. It was a procedural thing uh, because Dan Lanning was getting an extension Correct. And, a, and a bump and they had to approve that. Then there were two other things about like buildings or whatever that they needed to talk about. But you never know if they're going to go off script in a moment like that do something like Florida State did in their board of trustees meeting and have a presentation about the untenable nature of the Pac-12. Because if a sentence or two, that's all you need, if a sentence or two is uttered in a virtual Zoom meeting uh, with the board of trustees, that means that they've had conversations that this needs to be on the record. We need to go on the record with this. It is at that point that you can say the Pac-12 is dead. And Oregon, because yeah. Oregon is willing to go to the floor publicly on public record and say yes. that this is an untenable situation. Colorado is deeply replaceable, very replaceable for the. They've Pac-12. been useless for twenty plus years. Dion or no Dion, they believe in their own circles that bringing in San Diego State, who's been like in and out, putting their foot in and out of the pool of, of leaving the Mountain West, is reasonably and about equal. Uh, in terms of, of footing, the, the media market is more valuable than Colorado. Yeah. yeah. But San Diego State, in terms of brand value overall, is about the same in terms of its its monetary value to the Pac-12 for a TV deal. That's how bad Colorado has been as a brand. Big 12, open arms. Pac-12, get the hell out of here. But if Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Oregon, Washington, hell of Stanford. Uh, you know, if they if one of those teams leaves, man, then the Pac-12 is down to eight and that thing's broken. And the moment that that breaks, it's about, all right, the assets are now here to be spun off. Who picks them up? And that helps our process. That's why we were waiting. That clarifies why we didn't do anything. Well, we didn't because that board of trustees meeting didn't have anything. And yeah. and Arizona might join the Big 12 tonight. They, they could be doing it right now. Who knows? Yeah. But it's you, you got to wait for it. You got to wait before it's legitimate. And that domino is much bigger than Colorado. It seems likely Arizona State and Arizona will both go to the Big 12. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're rooting for, we all are rooting for chaos in the Pac-12 because it seems that that would be the first major domino to fall to another uh, realignment um, session, <laughs> right? Uh, for lack of a better term. It's interesting. I think the Big 12 at this point, I, I really like how aggressive the Big 12 is being. Um, you know, it's funny to me that a program like SMU is probably standing outside the Big 12's home office, jumping up and down like, little help, little, you know, come on, here we are, guys. I'm dancing over here, whatever you need. Um, but, like, they could add Connecticut. They could add, I mean, like, really, seriously, just start grabbing assets. Just I, I just, make, uh, you know? Yeah, I like the idea of jump around playing, you know? <laughs> jump around, it's just like, why is jump around blaring outside of all? Oh, it's SMU just, is like hey, it's SMU. Come on, yeah, let's yeah. go. We're ready. But like, if you're the Big Twelve, you're gonna try to get the best of the rest 
you know you can't compete, let's say, with the Big Ten or the SEC for the major brands, but the next tier of brands actually provide some value. If you get Arizona State, which is somewhat of a brand, if you get Arizona, which whatever, but you you get those two schools and you grab um, perhaps, like we just said, a, a, well, they just grabbed Colorado. By the way, good for Colorado to go back. I, you know, they were a good team, won a national championship in the Big Eight. Um, just like that's where they belong. That is who they those are their people. Get back to your people. That's a good place to be. Yeah, you never I needed to be in the Pac 12. You know, you can't be in the Big Ten. You needed to be over there in the Big 12. So, uh, yes, at the point they made this decision, I believe that they believe, all right, that Colorado believes that Arizona, Arizona State are right behind them. Yes, because otherwise, the only team that you're playing in your neighborhood is BYU, you know, and I think you probably want more events for your future conference home that doesn't require a supremely expensive charter or commercial flight. Big so fun, I, though, by the way, as a consumer, as a football fan, if we get back from all of this, like who wants to go where and position themselves for money, we, we know all this. This is the not fun stuff about college football. The fun stuff about college football are the unique differences from league to league, the geographical differences, the difference in tailgates and fan bases and traditions, these things that we love that are different from NFL football. NFL football we love for a different reason. It's the creme de la creme of players. It's the best of the best of coaches. And it is an entirely different product, but it's sterile. It's sterile. Yeah. It is not college football, which is enriched by pageantry of university systems and alumni and boosters and fans. And what we're losing is a big part of that, which is why people are pissed. That said, if you're trying to, to find a, a place where you can sit down as a consumer, as a fan of college football and feel any sense of history whatsoever, you want a different look for each conference. Like the Big Ten, it doesn't. It's weird that the Big Ten went out and got USC and UCLA, but they're not. If, if the Big Ten was suddenly Florida State, Clemson, Miami, Virginia, North Carolina, UCLA, you, that's weird. It's just like I'm yeah. not saying no. I'm not saying don't go if that's the offer. I'm saying it's just weird. Whereas it would make more sense if the SEC said, "Oh well, we're expanding our footprint and we're going to grab Florida State, Miami, North Carolina, Clemson," you know, and okay, well yeah. that's in their footprint. That makes sense. Yeah. So if you look at the Big Twelve. You know, it's cool to grab Colorado. It makes sense to grab Arizona and Arizona. I like that. That's that yeah. when I sit down, it will have a feel and it will feel geographically like that makes sense. Yeah, I think so. With the SEC and Florida State, really quickly, the moment that Texas and Oklahoma were welcomed in the back door of Texas A&M, SEC member and LSU to a degree, maybe even Arkansas. The gloves are off when it comes to the votes within conference yes, members. Yes, of course. You're going to water down everybody's footprint, recruiting footprint at that point. Florida has no leg to stand on. Neither does Georgia about bringing in a school like Florida State. South Carolina has no leg to stand on. Merit probably as well. But to say that no to Clemson. The moment that you allow that to happen on the western front of your conference, yes. it most certainly is going to happen in the southeastern corner of your conference. So yeah, they, the, that the vote thing that was always in place, which is if you come with us, we'll never turn our back on you by bringing in your in-state rival. Well, they turned yeah. their back on them and they screwed Texas A&M and A&M's got to be furious. And yeah, no, right. no, I, I, I got you. I'm not worried about the vote. I'm not worried about that. I just want to know how soon do they want to expand? When is that on the horizon? When is that a possibility? Is it this upcoming year? Is it the next year? Your belief, Tom, is that, and this is what everybody's hoping for. I'm not saying it's wrong. 
the, the thought is that if we watch the demise of the Pac-12, it opens the door to expediting the process yeah. for the SEC and the Big Ten. Yeah, and that's and, all you're hoping for. Yeah, and it's a critical two-and-a-half-week period here to get to August 15th, and this Pac-12 situation was supposed to be settled long ago. Long ago. The TV deal. This was, I mean, back in May, many people out in the West Coast thought this deal would be done. We're on the precipice of August, and there still is no deal. In a sense, that's good news, but also in a sense, when you have an August 15th deadline, now we're getting up against it. It's almost like uh, the grander Daryl Jackson waiver situation. You know, th- this is a much more important one where you, you feel that that pinch point of the opener against LSU coming, and you're saying, do we have him or do we not have him? What the hell, guys? What gives? I feel that way about the Pac-12 situation because the moment that that baby implodes, you know, we have precious little time and urgency factors to help usher us before August 15th to make a decision. It's just that's why that's the urgency that I feel right now. And maybe that's why reports are circulating. But I mean, Jesus, guys, it's not new. Florida State is going to leave the ACC. It's a matter of time. It's a matter of time. Yeah, it is a matter of time, but time is of the essence. So Correct. this, this Correct. is why it matters. Like, I get it. I, I'll say openly to you, regardless of offers or any sort of, you know, look into the future, yeah, Florida State wants to leave and is going to leave the ACC. When? That's all anybody right. wants to know. When? We're not arguing whether they're going to leave. They're going to leave. When? Right. Well, and the reason we know they're going to leave is they already said this is untenable. Well, but that's where to the beginning of this segment, it's like they're gonna leave. Wait, what? Like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, right. God dog it, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, what are leave. we doing here? Well, we're <laughs> the machinations within that revelation are. Yeah. Do they have a spot? Have they been offered a spot? How much right. money is it gonna cost? When is it gonna happen? Yeah. These are the degrees to which the argument takes place. Not the if. It's the when, how, who, money. That's what that is. Yep. I want to talk about Daryl Jackson's waiver. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Hey, guys. Our partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutritional supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it quite literally every single day. I began using AG1 because, I'll be honest with you, I don't like to take a bunch of pills and vitamins. and I just wanted something that tastes great, was quick, and easy to remember. So I do it. I do it every morning when I wake up. I certainly have it right after my coffee and before I work out. And I will tell you this, too. It is um, a simple, effective investment for your health. You can try AG1 and get five free AG1 travel packs and a free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash JCS. Again, that's go to uh, – all you got to do is go to uh, drinkag1.com slash JCS. That's drinkag1.com slash JCS. Check it out. It's delicious, it's quick, it's easy, it's proven. Vitamins, probiotics, whole food source nutrients. Start your day with it, you'll feel better, I promise. The Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. So up in Charlotte, 
Mike reacted to a question about Daryl Jackson's waiver in which he said he checks it every day. It's like the first order of business. I'm paraphrasing. <clears throat> starting to get a feel that that may not happen, man. I, I just want to say that now. I, I'm starting to get a feel. I, I've said something akin to this on the air before that I was a little concerned um, and I was growing more concerned. There seemed to be a sense that you know, like maybe the first time this came through or was ruled upon, it didn't go our way and that there's an appeal and it's couched as that's normal. It can happen that way. And that's true. It, it can. It, it Sometimes it's just procedural. Sometimes it's just a matter of going through the, the motions of this is the order of things. They can't get to it right now. It's de it's declined. They need to look at more information. We're going to circle back to this sort of thing. And maybe that's what's going on. And and perhaps. Uh, it gets cleared. My concern is that this seemed to be a no-brainer. If you're dealing with a player, and what I and I'm not telling you how I would rule on this, I'm telling you that from the perspective of would this get cleared sooner rather than later, it seemed to be a no-brainer because in this era, first of all, kids transfer willy-nilly all the time, and they get approved for that. They could just they could have a grievance. They didn't like their last location. A coach was mean to them. Some fan said something to them that is questionable, uh, whatever it might be, and they cite that, and the NCAA is just like, yeah, man, we're not going to stand in the way. And that was kind of on the heels of all the stuff that happened with COVID and any number of other things, right? So the fact that it's taken this long is, is disconcerting because in this era – it doesn't usually take that long. Player movement is kind of widely accepted. Secondly, it's especially true if that player cites a reason that has to do with family, uh, family illness, especially. They want to be closer to home because there's a family member that they want to be near who's ill. And that's what Daryl Jackson said. So you, you're talking about a guy that went from Maryland to Miami and then Florida State. That's a lot of moving around. And it seemed to me the only way that it would get approved is if, in fact, it was for those concerns regarding family. Well, why do I bring this up? Okay, that is a no-brainer if that is the reason. If the reason you chose Florida State was because you wanted to be closer to your mom who is dealing with an illness, everybody universally understands that that needs to be approved. It's It should take a millisecond. Oh, this is this is different, guys. This is different. We're going we're gonna to approve this. My suspicion is that they don't believe that to be true. And where do I get that from? Well, unfortunately, the player in this situation did not, in my opinion, help his cause to further that reasoning. Meaning, when Joshua Farmer was going through whatever he was going through and tempted to perhaps leave this program for a better deal and see what else was out there as we all worried about after it was announced that he was going to leave. And then he had, he reversed course. He changed his opinion. He decided to stay in that little window where that was going on, on Daryl Jackson's social media, he inferred as much as to say he was leaving with him that he would just go. Well, man, that's a problem. Because you've said that the reason you came here was for a family member. Now, if all of a sudden your best friend decides he wants to leave and you tell the world that, or you infer that you'd go with him, maybe you aren't here for the reason that you said. I don't know the answer. I'm not calling him a liar. I'm not saying he did or he didn't. I'm saying that's what it looks like. You want to add something else to the mix to make yourself concerned about this situation? 
Stan Wilcox. So think about all of the things at play here, and it's easy to see why Florida State fans are wringing their hands. I'm beginning to wring my hands. It may very well be that Florida State hears back from the NCAA and he gets the waiver that we're hoping he gets. But I think, and this is all I'm saying, there's very real reasons to be concerned that it's not going to happen. And that's what I just laid bare. The reasons that I think it may not happen. That ain't good. That guy potentially changes your football team. You are a really good football team with or without him. You could be, especially if he's motivated, a very, very good football team that wins the conference and goes to the college football playoff because you're too deep, too strong, right up the gut, and teams have yet another very difficult matchup situation when he's in the game and he's motivated. He can be, as according to Mike Norvell, a game changer. And I agree with that. I've seen him in practice. When he's motivated, they can't block him. They can't block him. So hold your breath here, guys. That's all. I, I, I was really sure prior to all that stuff over the summer that this was going to be a no-brainer. I'm not so sure this is a no-brainer now. That's all I'm getting at. So your options at that point, don't want to go down this road, hopefully in reality, but your options at that point are that Dennis Briggs, who I skip over a lot when I talk about the defensive interior rotation, because I think he's much more of an early down edge setter on the edge. Well, that's stands to reason that's redundant, but you know, I mean, at defensive end, yeah, the first and second down, does Patrick Payton really need to be out there if you've got Jared verse on the other side, or would it be more valuable if you save Patrick Payton's bullets for third and obvious or in situations when you need to go get the ball and make a splash play? Not to say that he's incapable. But Dennis Briggs over there on the other side really solidifies your defense against the run if you have a Daryl Jackson and a Fabian Lovett up the middle and a Braden Fisk rotating in and out. But now, if that's the case, you'd be looking at Fabian Lovett, Braden Fisk, who's gotten rave reviews. Actually, that was another uh, storyline from the kickoff that was reassuring. Jared Verse couldn't have spoken more highly of Braden Fisk's work ethic and, and athleticism ability. Uh, Josh Farmer. Dennis Briggs now is going to be leaned a lot more on, I think, as a pure defensive tackle, which means that you're strained a little bit with Patrick Payton and Gilbert Edmond. They're going to have to hold down end a little bit more. And then Io Tafasi, Daniel Lyons. It's not bad. That's not, it's a not bad, bad at situation. All. It's, it's actually good, Tom. It's good. Yeah, correct. It's, just, it's great with Daryl Jackson if he plays and plays hard. It's great. Yeah. yeah and 100%. again, it may happen. I know how this works. I've been doing this a long time. I, what I just said will be parsed by people, and they'll hear what they want to hear. They're going to they're going to go online and say Jeff said he's not getting his waiver. I said he may not get his waiver, and I can see the evidence for it. And I'm nervous about it now. But he may also get his waiver. He might because listen, there's a lot of other aspects of this, Tom. Things we can't know that the university can't talk about. I mean, it wouldn't be. It seems to me unusual for the university perhaps beginning to get as concerned as I am about this process to float that if this waiver isn't approved, there's a lawsuit because look, yep. man, unless you can prove he didn't come here for his mother, you're going to deny this to this kid in this situation. And they're going to say, well, we can, because we know he didn't. Well, you don't know it. Let's, let's figure this out in court. NCAA want any of that? Probably right. not. Right. This becomes a game of chicken. It becomes a power play. Both sides aren't in love with each other. They're going to make it really uncomfortable. I, I can see all of this at play. I could also see no harm, no foul if we've got Carolina blue on our helmets. That's that's what I could see. Correct. 
There's no doubt about that, Tom. Just saying. We, we've watched it play out over the years. But it's they, maddening. You're right. They also play favorites the other way. Uh, Jim Harbaugh made an enemy out of the NCAA when they weren't even thinking that they were enemies. <laughs> they said, well, wait a minute. Yeah. You're going to do this to us? Yeah. All right, man. All right. I see you working. All you got to do is my bad. Level one infractions or whatever the lower level is. Slap but the level, on the wrist. Level two infractions, my bad. But you can't say that, can you? Because that would impugn this fictitious integrity that you uh, believe we're calling into question. Pride comes before the fall. There it was mm -hmm. on display. So that's yeah. exactly what happened. They're like, really? You're going to be that indignant? I've got overwhelming evidence. I'm showing it to you. I'm showing you this evidence. It's here, right here. Look at this evidence we have. Just say you did it and say you're sorry and we're moving on here. No. It's not true. It, didn't Sir, it is true, Jim. I'm looking at it. I'm I looking have, at it. Nope. Not going to do it. That is you in aisle seven. It's got your jersey with the nameplate on it, <laughs> and you've dropped your pants, and you're taking a dump in aisle seven. Sir, I've got it on video. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't there. I was wasn't never me. there. Was yeah, there. he's trying the R. Kelly approach. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, silliness. Absolute silliness. So all I'm saying is I'm hoping now. I'm not so sure anymore. I'm, I'm wringing my hands right along with you guys. Let's hope it's for not. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Orchard TV.